welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, we're going to be talking about all the information that came out of XO19 regarding Sea of Thieves, as well as all of the information and the realization that the next update that we're getting in just mere days is going to be a new tall tale. And it's called the Seabound Soul. Let's get into it. up on today's docket i just wanted to say thank you so much because honestly i if you guys can't tell you may not be able to it it may be something where you have to go back and listen to it or i've just been doing a really good job needless to say i have to say thank you to the community because your support has helped me earn enough through streaming and through donations from PayPal to be able to pick up a new microphone. Now, this microphone is going to make a vast improvement for me going forward into the podcast and help hopefully reduce a lot of the time that I spend in post-processing. So a lot of the podcasts that you hear, there's a lot of effort that goes into the, uh, the, the back end of production where I go through each track and I level it. I cut out a lot of the mouth noises. I cut out um, a lot of the dead space or repeated ums or ands or breaths, things like that. And one of the things that I always have to go in and do is adjust the reverb, knock out some of the reverb and knock out a lot of the noise. And the reason for that was because of the microphone that I was using. Now, originally when I started the podcast, I started it with a Turtle Beach streaming microphone. It was a cheaper one. It had a mute button and I used it uh, just kind of have something there that was that was working out. And then I started moving into my old voice acting microphone, which was an AT2020, which was a condenser microphone. Now, if any of you have played around with audio, you may know this condenser mics are amazing as long as they're in a studio environment, not being a studio environment. It picks up everything. So I was constantly having to battle against the power of the microphone to all this post-editing work that I put into it. Now, I've switched over to another Audio-Technica microphone. It's a, um, it's oh, I just blanked on what the name of it is. Um, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. How about that? And that way, uh, I picked up this dynamic microphone thanks to Pat Crane from Convert to Raid, who uh, spoke with me at BlizzCon a little bit when I asked him some of the things that I can do to help improve the quality of my podcast. And then I spoke with uh, CJ or Chris over at the Player One podcast and confirmed what brand he was using based on his uh, audio and what I was seeing they were doing with it, as well as like his experience and stuff. And I moved in to use the the funds that I earned from streaming and from donations through PayPal that you have all given me to purchase this new microphone. Normally that that stuff goes to uh, like monthly upkeep for like the podcast, as well as the software I use, things like that. And I was able to get enough from you all to help get me this microphone. So I just wanted to say thank you because you guys have made it possible for me to help continually invest in the quality of the podcast. Eventually, I hope that I get a chance to start working on picking up some sound deadening foam uh, that I can start putting up in the actual studio room that I'm using. And it's that's going to be kind of a process because I'll have to take down a lot of stuff on the wall in front of me and pick up a lot of that studio foam. Thankfully, it's pretty cheap, but I'm going to have to pick up some cardboard as well as some command strips to help try and uh, 
uh, affix it to the wall so that I can easily take it down when I move out because right now I'm in a rental and it's nice, but I don't know, you know, obviously I'm not going to be living here forever. Uh, thank you, gentrification. So it, with that, it's it's going to be um, some testing over the next couple episodes. I want to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm still putting out a really good sounding podcast and seeing if I can uh, uh, reduce that time that it takes to do stuff. Because after a while, um, it, it starts to get pretty tough uh, to, to, to continuously do post editing and stuff after I have recorded. And the process usually takes me about six hours and I'm looking to cut that down. All right, pirates, now that I've gotten that out of the way, I wanted to talk to you about a bunch of stuff that's really just come out in this last uh, week. It's insane. Last episode, hardly anything I could really feel like talking about that made much of an importance to you. This week, tons of information. And man, they just dumped it all right before the actual update. So I've got a couple things in mind that I want to cover. First off, I want to talk about the New York Comic Con panel that uh, was was way back in October. They finally got the video out for that, and there's good reason for it. It seems like they've been holding on to this specifically to make sure that a lot of the information about the next update didn't get spoiled. So... I want to dive into that, but I also want to dive into XO19, where we actually saw a whole bunch of stuff that, if you haven't been on Insider like myself, was quite the surprise. And I'm looking forward to seeing how this all plays together. So let's 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 go ahead and dive into the New York Comic Con panel. And if you haven't watched this, it's really nice because you actually get to see the people behind the expanded universe come out to talk a little bit about the constant changes that are going to be coming with the the expanded universe as far as like all of our comics, all of our books, the games, things like that. All of that is kind of helmed underneath Adam and Pete, uh, who work with Mike Chapman to make sure that the canon and the lore of the story is current, it's accurate, and that nothing is conflicting with the actual game itself. And they had George Orton with them this time to help kind of explain the building of Tall Tales and the building of the Expanded Universe. He's one of the folks that worked on building up the puzzles and such to the actual Tall Tales and actually developing that system. This was really cool to actually watch. It was it was really interesting to see them kind of dive into some of the uh, iterations that they did on Tall Tales, as well as some of the information that came about with the actual uh, expanded universe. So just to kind of break down what happened, Adam goes in to talk a lot about how they've come out with different things, uh, with, with books, with comics, with role-playing games, things like that. And they mostly talk about trying to make sure that they have the rules of the world and that they are kind of made sure that they're set free to do whatever they want whenever they bring in, say, like a partner. So they'll bring in comic book artists and uh, scripters to to develop a script for a comic line that they want to do. They'll bring them in and they'll kind of lay out the, the general rules for Sea of Thieves and what you should expect and what you should stay within. And then they go out, write the script, bring it back, make sure that everything's good on the lore side. And then they'll actually proceed into actually building out the, the panels, the art, all of that, and making sure that the characters are actually uh, interesting and, and the comic is good. Uh, Jeremy Whiteley is the one that they talked about, came up with the script for the comics, the original comics that we got, and were the ones that actually created DeMarco and Lissetti Singh, the children of the pirate lord. 
Next, they kind of dove into some of the informa information regarding Tall Tales. And this is where Mike and George kind of talk hand in hand about building up the world for Tall Tales and how to deliver a story in an open world setting. And George talks a lot about their first Tall Tale, the one that they started off with, which was actually the Wild Rose, not the Shroud Breaker. And the design behind it came into place by first starting out with physical props. So they actually had a chest, they actually had items, and they actually had a book that had all of the tales and stuff. And they show some videos as far as them taking some of the uh, animations from other studios, uh, crew, that uh, or uh, other developers there, and them doing the actual motions of some of the stuff that was then later used as reference for the animations for the Tall Tales uh, uh, events and it was really interesting to see that the way they started off was very much in a very early prototype phase. They they write they wrote out all of the different uh, tall tales and the puzzles, and then had people sit down and write uh, or, or work out as much as they could based on what they had. And eventually, they got to the point where they started to find the fun in these tall tale puzzles. And once they latched onto that, they took that and then built out from there. So all of the tall tales that you have are all based around the principles and lessons learned from these initial from this initial Wild Rose tale. And if you get a chance, I would definitely recommend going and actually watching the New York Comic Con panel. I'm going to go ahead and put a link to that as well in the show notes so you have reference if you want to jump in. And it was interesting to see kind of how they're planning the rest of the next Tall Tales based on the lessons learned on how they built them as well as how we interacted with them and which ones worked out well for us as the community. It was really cool to see that they that Mike actually dove into what we now know as the Seabound Soul, the current Tall Tale that is coming out this week. Uh, this was the first time that people had a, an idea of when we would be getting another tall tale what it would be called and what it kind of revolved around now something i'm going to be talking about a lot later on as i get into xo19 is the information that was released about the sea bound soul because they did they did talk about that but he wanted to, to say that Stitcher Jim is going to become even more of a focal point. Now, bear in mind, this is in October, so we had barely seen a whole lot revolving around Stitcher Jim and the Masked Stranger. He teases Captain Flameheart, which I'm going to get into later, and that there should be a long-term goal. Uh, also, Adam decided to call out Captain Jay for his birthday, which was really fun because he was sitting in the front row of that. Uh, they did talk about how some of the stuff in the Tales of Sea of Thieves books uh, have, have not quite played out yet. And the things that I, I take away from that revolve around Captain Flameheart's story as far as how he became the, the skeleton lord that he is, as well as possibly Bell and Nura's story to find out where they are in Sea of Thieves, what they're doing, if they're even still alive at this point. Mike also goes in to talk about how the mermaid curse is definitely going to be explained eventually. And George asks, answers a question about a difficult time during the development and how they had to retain the emotional story within the Tall Tales quest books when having to translate them into different languages because when they originally developed them they had a lot more in those Tall Tales a lot more information and they suddenly realized that that doesn't translate well to uh, physical items and games that are supposed to be pages when you translate in those into multiple languages uh, multiple languages take a lot more space and because of that 
they had to go through, Mike and, and George had to sit down and cut out a lot of the Tall Tales stories, a lot of stuff that they wanted to keep in for those to help kind of build out that that world and, and add that layer of detail to it. But they had to actually go in and cut out a lot of it to, to retain just the essence of what the emotional feeling you should be getting from those Tall Tales is while playing through it, while still making sure that it translated well to multiple languages uh, with the different characters. And the last couple things I wanted to talk about with that New York Comic Con panel was that they did say that uh, there was a, a question revolving around new islands and monsters coming. And the answer from Mike was simply just yes. It wasn't anything specific to either it being new islands or if it being to new monsters. This kind of correlates with some of the past interviews and questions that have been asked whether we're getting new monsters. And I think that's uh, the case. I think we are going to see something soon, but it's going to be uh, hard to know in the future like what those kind of animals are going to be. In the past, they've said that they, it won't be just another bipedal skeleton. Um, so there's, there's a good chance that we might actually be getting some four-legged monsters out there. It's hard to say if they're going to be monsters or they're just going to be uh, like animals of some some nature, a dangerous animal of some sort that has made its way to Sea of Thieves. And that's it for the uh, New York Comic Con panel. I really love these. I look forward to them every time they come out. And this time it really gave us some really good information. I just I wish that they had put this video out sooner so we would have had a lot more speculation and, and involvement with the Sea of uh, Sea soul. I understand a lot of people actually probably already know most of this information because it's been readily available on the insiders. And hopefully, if you have been on the insiders, you've been doing your due diligence to report any bugs or any issues that you've run into it so that hopefully when it does come out this week, uh, it will be as bug-free as possible. I know a lot of people are still frustrated with the equipment bug, uh, myself included, because I always forget that it's, it's there and I usually have the really ugly I have the ugliest compass equipped when I log in every time and every time I have to go down and, and do it. But not the end of the world. I understand bugs happen all the time. And another bug that came in was, unfortunately, the commendations for the Seabound Soul unlocked on the original date that they had set for this. Uh, it, it's interesting because the EXO happened on Thursday. Uh, the patch would have gone live on Wednesday. And they would have had a great way to say the Seabound Soul coming to Sea of Thieves now. And they didn't. Uh, they had to push it out a week. But the uh, accommodations are, I guess, time gated. So when the patch should have gone live last week on the 14th, uh, you could actually go into the Tall Tales panel on the reputation page and see all of the different Sea of Thieves commendations for it. Now, I took a look at these real quick. I read some of them. They don't make a whole lot of sense uh, without the context of the actual story. Um, I, I We had known that there was a, a tall tale uh, due out soon. Uh, this confirmed it. And when reading it, it didn't make a lot of sense until XO19. And now watching XO19, I have a much better understanding of what we're going to be getting into, but... Let's get into XO19. First off the bat, we got Battle of London. And that went on during XO19 this weekend. And it was really cool to watch. They had a few teams, that, I think it was five full teams that came in 
and started to do battle sloops uh and uh, there was really good matches i i really appreciated seeing the uh the battles and stuff and really kind of made me want to jump into duo sloops because i feel like that's uh, a little more fun than having to try and wield around these giant galleons and uh get into ship fights that are going to last a while and get locked down on a ship but with the battle for london uh we had some victors and the prizes this this time around were actually a little bit different if you won you were still going to get the gold xbox one x that is still for the first place winners the second place winners got a silver coated xbox one x this is the first time they've ever made an xbox that is made out of, or not made out of silver but at least uh coated uh, layered, layered, coated, I guess coated would be the best way to say that was coated in actual silver. So they got that. And then from what I understand, third place, uh, they, they got a Xbox Sea of Thieves controller, which that in itself is still a really hard thing to get a hold of, uh, these days. So especially if it's brand new and you get the code with it, cause that, that always came with that cosmetic code. So it was really cool to see. The thing that I think I love the most out of this was that Kaida Wrath and Foxdie won the battle for London because they're two of my favorite streamers. I love watching them and supporting them. And it was really cool to see their amazing uh, abilities as, as pirates in this game put to the test and come out on top. Uh, so really glad to see that they won their Xbox One X uh, consoles. They, as far as I know, they're both on PC, so it's it doesn't seem like it'll do too much good. Uh, but then again, I don't know that I'd actually ever want to use an Xbox One X that was coated in gold. Uh, I think that would just be like a big, big old collector's piece that I would hang on to for a very, very long time. So congratulations, Katerath and, uh, or Kaiderath and Fox and I, very happy to see that you won that. The one thing that I did want to jump into with, uh, with the actual Xbox battle for London was this was a, a point where it seems like they're getting a lot more comfortable with play to play action and calling out events, uh, doing a little more of an esports casting for it. And that was really cool to see. I was really happy to, um, have have like the the full team kind of there in representation of the game and to see like what this could potentially be i think duo sloops is actually a lot better for this just because it's easier to keep track of teams it's easier to keep track of ships and the ship battles tend to go a lot faster because it takes less effort uh in in my personal opinion to sink a sloop as it is to sink a galleon with a galleon it's a lot harder to uh to get those guys down uh when you're dealing with four competent crews or four crewmates uh, on to a team. The other thing that we got this uh, XO 19 that actually I believe came out before the event went live. So this came, this got uh, sent out a little ahead of time and it was rare letting us know that if you play the game, Anytime between November 13th and November 22nd, that's the 22nd, then you can earn the Gears of War Omen liveries. There's there's nothing you got to do. You just have to log in, whether it be arena or adventure mode. Regardless, it'll jump into your account and you'll be able to uh, check those check those uh, liveries and stuff out. They're really awesome. It's a black and red motif, as many of them are. But the uh, the sales actually have the Gears of War logo on them, as well as the Lancer's Chainsaw Bayonet. Uh, that is the figurehead, and it looks really well done. Uh, they, they did a great job bringing out all the, the different little teases, or not teases, but... Um, 
little little kind of knacks that you would expect out of a Gears of War uh, liveries, and and they made sure to put those on there. I really really like it. And also, if you watched the Inside Xbox event that was on the oh gosh, what was it? The fourteenth? I'm pretty sure it was the fourteenth. You actually got an opportunity to get the Midnight uh, or is it the the Onyx? I can't remember which one they call it, but it's the Helm for that that livery set the obsidian set there we go which i thought was really funny uh admiral ors in the discord said that uh obsidian makers of the um outer worlds should get th- that obsidian set just assigned to them since they aren't technically uh they aren't technically using that ip for like you know stuff that that they can make games content for you know i guess maybe they would need to make a um a second game to to make it so that other uh xbox or or yeah other xbox studios could use that ip in their games like they they just didn't have time i guess to to be able to pull the outer worlds into um in, into the uh into sea of thieves or something so uh they it, it would be nice to see something like that but again it's super cool to see the gears of war stuff coming it makes me wonder what else is coming down the line if we'll ever see anything that's like a forza style uh or if we're, we're gonna see other xbox first party games brought to the the sea of thieves liveries as like cross promotion so really cool to see uh again Make sure you get in there before November 22nd. It's free. All you got to do is log in, play the game. Doesn't matter how long you play the game. You just have to log in. So make sure you jump on that if you are playing something else right now. There's a lot of other games going on right now. So I don't blame anyone that happens to be taking a small break before the update. Uh, that being said, the update is going live before the end, before this ends. So in, in you should have a couple days to be able to jump into the new event, uh, check out the Tall Tale, and still earn that Gears of War Omen liveries. Some of the other cool stuff that we found out as a result of the XO19 uh, uh, event that went on over in London was that they had a couple panels for Sea of Thieves. And the biggest thing that I noticed was that they finally revealed when the Sea of Thieves origin comics are uh, going to be coming out. And that's now. So it's it's kind of awesome. This was something that we found out about back in uh, June when it accidentally let slip through Amazon and you could download the second one for free. And I was under the impression that we were going to be getting these um, at some point where we could actually purchase them. Uh, that's not the case. I don't know if the Amazon leak had any anything to do with that, but it is definitely something that's available now through comics uh, or Titan Comics. The way to get these is very simple. All you have to do is go to comicsology.com forward slash redeem. There's three codes that you need to put in. These are all capital letters. There's no there's no actual numbers in these, so it's all caplets letters. And the first one for episode or for uh, the first comic is S O T gold, all one word, just S O T gold, and that's to get the first comic. The second comic you can get by typing in uh, S O T underscore G M U. That's S O T underscore GMU. Hopefully you're writing this down. And the third one, if you haven't found out about it, that's for the Sears one. That's for the Order of Souls one. The third one is SOT underscore S-E-E-R or Sear. Uh, so if you guys want to get these comics, again, just go to comicsology.com forward slash redeem. The three comics are available for free 
at SOT Gold, SOT underscore GMU, and SOT underscore SEER. And that's going to give you all of the comics that will help give you information about the key characters that formed the original trade. Well, not formed, but made up of the trading companies that are now in the Sea of Thieves right now, some major characters. And there's also some surprise hints in there about some characters that you might not expect to be in there. And this kind of revolves around some of the other expanded universe characters that we have. Really cool that they're giving this away. It was always kind of a bummer when Amazon put these out for or put the second one out for free but I'm glad it's been over a year now I think since we knew about these and that uh and that we 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 knew that something was going to be coming down the line but we never knew when it was it's glad to see that these are finally out in the wild and we can actually talk about them uh if you want I might be able to dive into this um in another episode when we don't have as much going on and kind of dig through some of the interesting lore with these comics. Uh, I don't want to do anything too soon if people haven't had a chance to read them because uh, there's some interesting information, but it does a good job of setting up each trade company for the Sea of Thieves. One of the things that we did get out of XO19 is that uh, Robin Beanland, who has been heading up the Sea of Thieves uh, music since the game inception, that all came to a head when we had a panel this week and we really realized that uh, a couple more songs had been put out onto the actual uh, Spotify, Apple Music, the streaming services for music. And if you guys want, there's one that's actually out that won't be available in game until the next patch. And that's Who Shall Not Be Returning song. And that's a song that I think um, I've, I've actually been listening to it. It's a lot different than what we're currently expecting with uh, different Sea of Thieves songs. It feels very outside of the realm that we're that we're playing in, and I like it. It's it's a really good song. It's really interesting, and I can't I can't wait to find out kind of how this song weaves into the story for the soul the seabound soul because right now it, it feels really out of place uh and and just based on some of the information that we got from the uh xo19 inside xbox announcements it's it's going to be interesting how this song fits in with the whole kind of uh story that that they're doing and i and i love that but i you know what we might as well get into it the seabound soul Next up on today's docket, let's talk about the Sea Bound Soul. That is our 10th tall tale that is going to be coming to us this weekend. They put out a trailer on YouTube as well as during the XO19 event uh, with Inside Xbox, and it went pretty darn quick. Uh, so I went back and I rewatched it and I watched it over again, trying to pull out as much information about it as I could before we get the actual update to give you guys an idea of what I think is going on. So if you're familiar with over at Shipwreck Bay, there is the Black Witch. And we've talked about this before, but we are definitely bringing back Pendragon. Captain Arthur Pendragon, the captain of the Black Witch, is going to be coming through his portal somehow, uh, like if it's straight out of Luigi's Mansion, and is going to be talking to us about what we need to do. Um, and what we need to do is figure out the mystery behind the feared Ashen Dragon vessel. Now, just based on some of the clips that they've shown, it's definitely apparent that this was a ship that had uh, different glowing liveries with a with a fiery dragon on, on them that... Uh, was feared in the seas 
but we're going to be using the ferryman's lantern again something that we used back in tall tale 7 to help uncover the mystery behind the crew of the morning star so going into the tall tale for the seabound soul we are going to be discovering what happened to that ship and from the video that they that they showed it looks like we're going to be going underwater to explore some of the evidence that that is around based on the ghostly kind of stuff that we see with our ferryman's lantern that the ship wrecked and that we're going to have to watch some people drowned uh, in the game and these are spirits that we don't know where they are who they are or how they got there or what happened but essentially what we can gather is that the ashen dragon was flanked by two galleons and the galleon itself went down and we have to uncover how we can get those souls back to a state of of rest and with that that will eventually lead us to the thing that has been resting since the game came out since before the game came out captain Flameheart. That's right. We got video and this is clear. It is out in the devil's roar. Now we we don't know where it's going to be, but if I had to take a guess, I'm going to say that this is probably somewhere either far south of Devil's Roar or up in Tribute Peak because we don't know where it's going to send us, but it definitely looks new and it looks like it's it's going to be his coffin. The coffin that we saw with the ferryman uh, where we got the lantern, it's clear that we're going to be led to Captain Flameheart's coffin. And you may be wondering, Logan, how do you know it's Captain Flameheart? It could just be any coffin. Well, this coffin is up on top of a, of a stage where there's a case or a staircases leading up to it and a bunch of bones kind of bent in towards it, giving it a very, very beautiful looking thing. And on the actual coffin, the top of it, there is a pirate and there is a flame. And underneath the flame, there is a chalice. What I suspect to be the same chalice that cursed Captain Flameheart and his crew to become undead when they found it in that cave so very long ago. And etched on the outside of the ruin all around it is flame and heart written in the language of the skeletons that scratchy mark that we found out back uh when we were trying to do the riddle for the uh the 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 fate of the morning star where we had to go dig up captain douglas's skull and uh, get the chalice of resurrection well it looks like we're going to be figuring out where the heck captain flameheart is and i don't know what's going to happen after that because it doesn't seem like we're going to be the ones to resurrect him but I, this is the beginning of the story and to leave it on such a cliffhanger we're going to be sitting on this content for at least a month so going into like the second week or third week of December we may or may not find out how to open up that coffin and dispose of the bones of Captain Flameheart you know lest he be woken and uh, you know you don't want Captain Flameheart being woke uh, from what I understand so that's just kind of how I, God, that was such a bad joke. Do I really want to leave that in? I, I'll leave it in. That's, you guys are just going to make fun of me later. So that's fine. Along with, along with the Seabound Soul, we did get some kind of cool information and we're getting fire 
because we're going to hunt down Captain Flameheart in the uh, Devil's Roar, they're bringing uh, what looks to be some special accommodation sales um, for this. Uh, it's hard to know if that's what's going on because it, right now we have the 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 Forsaken Alliance uh, livery set, and that's kind of the 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 Ashen Dragon look. You know, it's got the Ashen Dragon or Drake is the uh, the figurehead. It's got the black and uh, red kind of motif. As again, this is a little bit different. And the the flames, uh, or, or excuse me, the the sales for this new livery set uh, looks like they are kind of right bright red with embers it looks like it's almost on fire itself uh and that they've added some cannon capstan and what i would assume are the wheel for the ashen set as well so you'll get that red hot um uh, uh look to the ends of the 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 cannons as well as like the the actual capstan itself has like a little flame that looks like the pendant that uh, stitcher jim wears and they're bringing this alongside fire Remember fire? We've been wondering what fire is going to look like. Well, we found out fire is going to be in the form of little um, little glass jars. Like it looks like it's oil with fire, like an actual flame on the inside, which I don't know how that works, but I'm assuming it's because it's magic. But it, we, we've got two functions with this, which is the first time I think I've seen this. Is it's For one, it's not a cursed cannonball, which I was kind of surprised uh, that, that that was the case because that seemed like the easiest way to transition into new cursed cannonballs was to bring in like a red one like that, um, like the fire and, and, and flames uh, art. But this is actually going to be its own little thing, and it can be a grenade or it can be a cannon. And the way it works is, uh, you have we have a throw option now. We can actually throw these. Um, and and they they had a, a couple pirates on top of a cliff, looking down, and there were a couple pirates that were digging up what looked to be to be a uh, an arena chest. Now I don't know if we're going to get these in arena, but it just happened to be an arena's chest. So they tossed down a whole bunch. And these pirates caught on fire and then had to jump into the ocean. Well, one of them jumped into the ocean and swam away. The other one died right where the chest was. So it looks like these are going to be kind of a, a new type of artillery for ground battles. But not, not just that. These are also going to be something that you can load into the cannon. And when you load them into the cannon, you can actually see flames coming out of the cannon like it's ready to, to fire and you can actually set ablaze the the mast the the hull the everything except for the the sails it looks like it doesn't look like it actually affects the sails but i will say that if you get that mast on fire there is a really good chance it will blow up any powder kegs you have in that crow's nest so i really don't know how safe it's going to be to continue to have uh, uh powder kegs on the top deck now i i understand these are already kind of a liability if you put them anywhere else on the ship there's a chance that they could blow up but i'm not feeling too strong about the whole fact that they uh they could go up in a blaze of glory if the if they fire one really good shot and it hits the mast all in all, uh, I did notice a couple little things that I wanted to talk about uh, before I kind of let this go on. With the commendations and the new event coming in, I noticed from the video 
that uh, first off the beginning of the video, they have like a box of uh, mysterious secret or wondrous secrets, like on the, on the front deck of the ship that they, that they had. And that, that was cheeky. Uh, they might as well have had a, a white Meg sailor, you know, swimming around in the background. Like one of the other videos, they, they like taking the, the, the most rare things in the game and just like putting them in their videos as a mockery to us. But besides that, I noticed a couple new liveries uh, that they, they put that they're putting into the game. One of them looks to be an expansion for the Huntress figurehead that we got. If you guys remember, way way back in the day, way back when it was. Um, Gosh, was it EGX or I think it was the New York Comic Con panel where they had Freddie uh, Prince Jr. come in that they were giving away um, the the Huntress figurehead for Perfect Dark, Joanna Dark. And you could get that if you purchase something from the store, uh, which I believe is going to be coming back sooner or later, um, hopefully before Christmas. But you could purchase something from the store and get a code right away to get it. Or if you went to New York Comic Con, you could actually get a code for that. Or no, was it? Oh, dang. Was it New York or was it San Diego? I I think it was, I want to say it was San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking back, I'm pretty sure it was San Diego Comic-Con because I think that's the one that Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. went to. And it was after the Banjo-Kazooie one went live, but before Spinal. And Spinal, I think, came out much later on after that and uh, skipped a couple events that I thought it was going to be coming. You guys don't care about that. I'm talking about livery. So I think that we're going to get an expansion of the livery set for the Huntress for our next uh, cosmetics that we that we have in the Pirate Emporium. Uh, the the liveries that we that I see in the video have much different shapes compared to it looks like a bullseye on the sails. Honestly, if I'm if I'm being 100 percent honest, it looks like a big old bullseye. And I can imagine that that would be adequate for the Huntress. Um, you know, it's got the, the reticle. The other thing that I noticed was that there is definitely a distinct uh, Sea Dog colorization set that is coming to uh, the Sea Dog reputation. Well, I don't know how they're going to be implementing this or how well it's going to be received, but there's definitely an emphasis on there being a white and blue or green uh, aesthetic coming to the cannons the capstan and the figurehead it's hard to know uh, how much of the set is going to be made available because the video that they showed with it showed us looking at an actual arena fight and as you know in the arena you all have the same color ship uh, as as the ones that are designated for each team you don't get to put on customized uh, um, options for those different things so it makes me wonder two things one is the arena going to start allowing you to add certain cosmetics to your ship so that you can actually customize it a little bit more than just having the default team color? And also, are we going to be getting the full set of uh, sails, hull, uh, wheel, capstan, all that good jazz with the with this new set of cosmetics specifically for the arena dogs out there? Um, a lot of this is all just kind of based on the information that they gave us. Um, it, it seems like there's going to be a lot of need for people to uh, keep water at the at the bottom of their ship um, when they're sailing around just so they have easy access to a bucket of water to be able to douse any flames because i can imagine it's um it's it's gonna get it's gonna get kind of crazy out there if this event is like other events where they tend to ramp up the amount of um like specific 
event items so like back when cursed cannonballs came out we had cursed cannonballs everywhere now we're doing the the fort of the dam stuff and the lightning is is insanely hard to to do any kind of fishing with uh i wonder if we're going to be seeing these little fire grenades or fire bombs whatever you want to call them if we're going to be seeing those out in the world a lot during this first month and then afterwards the the actual event uh they'll they'll kind of ramp deck ramp back down the way that they did with uh cursed cannonballs and powder kegs and stuff like that oh just a quick side note i don't remember where they mentioned this but um they they did mention that apparently they slowed down the um the gunpowder skeletons walk I can't remember where I heard this, but I'm pretty sure I heard it from from one of the videos. But they said that they slowed down the walk for it and that they're seeing how that goes and that if people are okay with it, they'll keep it. If not, they'll move it so that they still move a little bit faster. I don't know if that's something that's coming or something that's been put in. I, I just remember hearing it somewhere and I can't remember where. And I don't know that I should have actually have said any of that, but I'm too lazy to edit it out. So you're just going to have to live with it. And yeah. Next up on today's docket, I did want to review uh, or not review, but go over one of the emails that I did get in this last week. This coming in from the dog says, hey, Logan, it's the dog. Do you know if we will ever see friendly fire as an option in the game? I think this could really help people with practicing their combat without the risk of losing treasure or their ship. I've been hoping for something like this for a while because I need to work on my player combat skills. Thanks, the dog. Thank you so much for writing into the email. Uh, if you'd like to do so, you can always do so. I will talk about that in a little bit. But to cover the question, I do. I think that they will eventually bring this functionality to the game. It's hard to know when, but it will definitely be something that is much, much welcomed by the community. This is something that a lot of folks have wanted for events and to help kind of play around with each other and just to, to make it a little bit more of a like a hardcore mode. Like if you're playing call of duty you can play the hardcore multiplayer mode where you can actually uh have friendly fire on accidentally kill your teammates and then they get mad at you because you you did something that you thought was either one a mistake or two or uh, uh, uh totally on purpose and just really funny or three both because honestly most of the time it's going to be both but i'm really hoping that they do this it's it's got to work in for a time that actually makes sense. So I would imagine as they're going through the the content, they're looking to see what features they can put in that won't require as much uh, development time as the stuff that they're working on. And they can dedicate a little more engineering, a little more work, uh, UI elements, things like that, to open up that functionality alongside an event that isn't necessarily as taxing to the team as, say, like a tall tale. It's also going to be... I have to also say that because of this, uh, the way that they're structuring the monthly events, it's going to be harder for them to do stuff like this. It's constantly on the go. They're constantly working on making new content for us for each month to the point where they've even had to give themselves a week's uh, breadth if, if they can't quite make that second week mark when they are working on something. And it's 
going to be it's it's going to be welcome when it comes but i i put it up there with uh things like captaincy or um uh, i can't think of any of course when when i think i want to say like an example i can't ever think of an example that i want but basically when they can get it into the game and it's not going to hinder the amount of content that they're bringing at the rate that they're bringing it totally i think it's definitely something a lot of people will enjoy i kind of hope that there's a world where we can start getting private servers or you know because they're doing this with the with like the race of legends and stuff for the sea of champions where they want to work with those communities uh to help give them like a, a, an actual playground to work in for these specific things and having a feature like that built into the game will definitely allow them to give that as an option for those matches. So say there's like a king of the hill mode that they want at Tribute Peak and at the very top, you know, it, it kind of think of uh, Skull Ball or Skull Ball um, where you had to try and get a... Uh, get a, a skeleton or a skull from your crow's nest to an opponent's crow's nest uh and and you're sailing around in different ships imagine if you just had um let's see let me think here for a second uh there's six ships four crews 20 players so you had a battle royale on top of um let's call it thieves haven you had a battle royale on thieves haven you had four or all six crews with four people each and each person gets one life and that one life uh once you're dead you're dead but friendly fires on everyone can kill everyone doesn't matter who it is and it loads you randomly into that match you're you you get whatever you can find on the island to survive there's ammo crates there's powder kegs there's crates full of uh food and you can go you can choose your weapons before you jump in and it's 20 people it's a uh i'm trying to think the the shroud is closing in on the the thieves haven and it's whoever happens to survive at the end of the the match and the shroud is always going to be shrinking in on the island in different uh sections so you, you know top or bottom there's a lot of play with uh with higher and lower areas so you don't have to worry about the people being like well i can't build in in sea of thieves uh, how am i going to be able to play this like Fortnite? and it's like don't worry there's multiple levels you can still kind of have that high ground low ground area and they're going to be like okay well what happens if somebody wants to uh respawn well you know once they're dead they go to the ferry and uh then then they that's it they don't they go, don't get an opportunity to get back uh but then you have to i would say that they would have to build an entirely new tool to allow someone to be able to spectate but if they're able to build a spectate mode that would help the uh the the, the opportunity for casters in things like battle for london where you can actually have esports and you can have a, a person being able to swap over and spectate instead of just constantly needing a feed for every single player and their screen and then swapping to it you could have just one observer and they can choose what player they want to spectate from so You've got Thieves Haven, you've got 20 players, friendly fires turned on, it's an all-out brawl. Whoever survives on the uh, on on the island till the last person standing wins, the shrouds moving in, the island's completely littered with a whole bunch of ammo crates, powder kegs, all that good jazz, and you just have yourself a Sea of Thieves battle royale. Boom. Sea of Thieves, rare, please. Feel free to cut a check to Captain Logan, send that to California, I'll find it. 
All right, Pirates, that's going to do it for this episode of Keelhauled. But before you go, I did want to shout out to the Keelhauled crew over at the Discord because uh, the four of them went out to XO19 and they repped Keelhauled so hard. They kicked its butt. It was amazing to see. They got some photos of them all together at the XO19 event. Uh, I wanted to shout out Big Bad Pad, as well as Dino, Chateau, Noof, and Shaggy Dog for sending a photos uh, to the Discord. They are all wearing their Sea of Thieves Keelhaul podcast merchandise. It looks awesome. I was so overwhelmed when I saw these when I woke up. It was such a great thing to see in the morning, and just I, I love it. It's so cool. I thank you guys so much for representing Keelhauled uh, over at the at the XO event. I wish I could have been there to, to be with you guys because it would have been a lot of fun for sure. And because of that, um, there's going to be more events going on this year. So if you want to represent Keelhauled, if this is if you want to if you know you're going to an event and you want to represent Keelhauled the way that these guys did, feel free to go into the show notes. There's always a link to the merchandise site. You can pick up a shirt, you can pick up a, a light shirt or a dark shirt, but it's got the Keelhauled logo on there. And if you ever have any questions, concerns as far as sizes, things like that, I will always be available either through the Discord, through Twitter, through email. Please feel free to let me know. There's tons of ways to do it. You can hit me up at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. You can send an email to me, C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. You can always hit me up on Xbox as well, too, at Captain Logan, no space, just C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. The Discord is always available, too. There's tons of players constantly looking for people to sail with, whether it be arena or whether it be adventure mode. There's a few folks that like to jump in there with other people in the insiders as well. And we have a bunch of us playing different games as well too i know a few of us are playing pokemon sword and shield right now while others are jumping into star wars the fallen order it's it's awesome it's so great to see so many people just having a good time and helping build out the community that started from sea of thieves because that's that's why we're here that's why we're loving it and i will just say before i go expect another episode of shore leave coming soon i can't promise that it'll be out this week i'm gonna try really hard to do that but i want to talk about uh my my experiences with luigi's mansion i got a chance to jump into that as well as the other rare announcement that you may be wondering why i didn't bring up on this episode and that's because we just had too much to talk about before going into the seabound soul so i'm going to be trying to get all the thoughts all the news and information i can about ever wild and i want to talk about that on the next episode of shore leave which hopefully if you guys are listening that's going to be coming out sometime in the middle of the week this week if i can make it if not i will have to put it off till the week after but if that's the case i will probably be putting in some extra news in there uh, as it comes out and we get more news about different games things like that i'm really excited to get a chance to dive into pokemon more uh, but I still need to finish up Luigi's Mansion as well. There's too much to play. There's just too much. And Pirates, I hope you're having a good time doing whatever you are doing right now, enjoying whatever game you're enjoying, and just loving the community that we have. Again, thank you so much for everything you've done for me. Thank you so much for, for joining me in the celebration of the Seabound Souls. We get to play it this week. I can't wait to jump in and experience more lore. It's going to be awesome. Pirates, Thank you, I love you, and I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves. <laughs>